Hello, welcome to Toronto Ultras Merc and Maven podcast. We have uh, another superb episode coming your way and a little bit different this time around. We've had uh, some players on recently. It's been a whole hell of a lot of fun chatting through uh, history and current events and everything. But now we've got a, a coach and an absolute hottie. JP, how you doing? Pretty good. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> of course, dude. I was not expecting that type of compliment to, to start off the show, but thank you. Yeah, there's something wrong with me, yeah. Oh, uh, JP, don't uh, playoffs start tonight? NHL playoffs? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the Devils pl start playing tomorrow, and oh, okay, we got you on a good night be, then. We got you on a good night. That's gonna be a good series, so I'm I'm super hyped for that. It's been a while yeah. since we've been in there. Uh, Maeve, um, you know, you typically start off our podcast with an insane story about your life, and uh, I think another one happened, didn't it? Yeah, today? Th th this one's gonna be a little bit longer, and I'll try and <laughs> keep it. Uh, yeah. Short and sweet. Summarized as best I can, but JP, I had, a, I had a day, right? So I got done streaming, went upstairs, and Popper, our German short hair pointer, like, he'll counter surf, but, like, only really, like, on the edges of the counters. Like, we don't, you know, don't leave food out, stuff like that. Did you call um, it counter surfing? Like, counter surfing. Yeah, it's like, it's a term for dogs, like, yeah, oh, counter okay. surfing. Um, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, like, when they're constantly, like, trying to get at stuff. Like, he, we, we've tried to train, we've tried to use, like, stuff on the surface, stop it. Anyway, he just does it. Um, but he won't go like to the deep, like back part of it, right? Like he can leap onto if he wanted to, but he doesn't do that. Um, but usually if like no one's downstairs, I'll put Copper in his kennel just because he's an idiot. Uh, so Kat was gone and Kelly, I guess, thought I was only going upstairs for a moment, but I was going up like 20, 30 minutes. And then she went up to take a call and Copper got left out. I go downstairs 20 minutes later and there's like, I see all three Pomeranians on the couch just going at these plastic bags on the couch and i'm like what is it and it looked like it was like treats or food or something i'm like oh well fuck so i texted cat and she's like no that was actually uh three weeks of dog supplements oh so i'm like oh fuck because you know yeah. vitamin poisoning uh can be a very real thing and i wasn't worried at first because you would think copper he's a maniac the big dog he would eat most of it i'm not worried about him because he's waiting he's a big dog but like the little palms, you, you never know. So I ended up having to get exactly what was in them. Um, you know, the number of pills, uh, the brand. I called Pet Poison Controls on the phone with them for an hour as they like broke it all down. Um, they said they didn't think you had anything to worry about. The only problem would be if like the tiniest dog, Kev, who weighs like six pounds, if like he ate like all of it. Um, because like vitamin D, I guess there'd be enough with his weight that it could be a problem. Um, and we didn't think that was the case, but they're like, if you want to be safe, what you need to do is induce vomiting. And I was like, uh, right. okay. Ooh. So Cat picked up hydrogen peroxide. Um, I had to give like one yep. tablespoon to one, two to another, something like that, and force these little fuckers to run around the house throwing up everywhere. How'd that go? Successful? Messy? Uh, weirdly, the one that we had to give to, uh, like they said they don't do after 15 minutes, like most of them vomited right away. But little Kev, little nice. six pound guy, they, we had to give him more. <laughs> they threw up. But yes, they all threw up. Everything's out. Everyone's hey. fine. Um, Let's go. But that's what I was doing four hours this afternoon before this. Yeah, it was... Uh, Amazing. Uh, your, your life never stops. And yeah. by the way, we uh, we weren't uh, we didn't have an episode last week. We apologize. Or, uh, well, I do. Um, yeah, our, our my life's been insane lately. So everything's all good on my end. Wife's healthy. But yeah, we we're sorry about that. We're but we're back into it uh, before we get into it I'm with JP. Sorry. Fuck you guys did. Before we get into it, JP, uh, Major 5 tickets just went on sale as well. The Ultra uh, Major, you can get your tickets. Uh, the entire floor is sold out. So four, uh, four day bowl passes are available. You know, ticketmaster.ca because .ca, Canada uh, to check those out. And then today was uh, 
Champs, Champs is announced. Uh, in Vegas, uh, I'll be honest, um, I'm not the biggest Vegas person. Don't really, doesn't really, you know, I don't know, fancy me that way, but it should be a good time. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's the fir- like first time outside of a- L.A., right? Well, what, we had L.A., Columbus, Columbus right? Oh, we did have Columbus. Where we're well, I guess for right? CDL. For CDL, it's really the first time, yeah. Yeah. Not, it's yeah, not like, really far away. If this if this was like college, Clint, like Vegas, oh, dude, I, yes. Like, I used to love to gamble. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I just don't drink anymore. Gambling doesn't appeal to me. It, it's going to be a blast. Like, Vegas is cool, but um, I think I'd be more into it if I, like, wanted to go throw some money around, but I'm going to try not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So champs announced June fifteenth through the eighteenth. Um, my birthday. So that'll be fun. Ooh. Yeah. We'll have some fun there. Forty. Yeah. Forty-five. Forty-five. Actually. God, you look um, good. Yeah. Let's get into the good stuff, though. Uh, JP, what? What do we call? Are you a coach? An analyst now? What? Do you I'm, know? I don't even know at this point. I mean, my my job is to help them perform at the highest level at any okay. point, and and aid with that in, in any way that I could. So. Analyst, coach, whatever you want to call me at that point. It's, it's, it's the same basic, yeah, it's the same basic work that I do anyway. So either Perfect. fine. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, if you guys didn't know, uh, JP worked with us at the CWL. Uh, he was our stats guy, like our first stats guy. So Clint and I love him a lot. We go back very long. But I think yeah, the, really do. Um, the big question we probably, well, the first question we have for you, JP is, I mean, how did you get into, how'd you get into esports or COD? Was it, you, you just a fan or yes, how, how, how was that process? So I was a player for a while, but just like a casual player. Um, and it originated in, I think my cousin showed me the COD three campaign and I played that. And then I got the COD four, uh, for like Christmas once the Xbox came out, um, played it casually and then, funny enough, I got introduced into like esports um, with the you you probably remember this, Joe, but the the Call of Community MW3 tournament. It was okay. hosted by like uh, Aviator or someone. Oh, I think it was Aviator. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was um, like YouTubers pros played together. Yeah, that? exactly. It was like content creators because yeah. I was always I was always like watching YouTube videos, content creators uh, during that time, and they blended it with some pro players. So that's where I heard the names of like Optic and Envy. Um, and that led to me watching the Gamescom. It was like a 3v3 pre-Black Ops 2 tournament where yep, they were showcasing the game. And that was when I first like saw what like esports was for Call of Duty. Um, obviously, it wasn't you know super competitive. It was 3v3, just pre-game. But uh, that's where I recognized all the names like you, Cap, Rambo. Um, and then I watched all of Black Ops 2 and then started getting into like the Codstat stuff during Ghosts. Awesome. That's crazy. So those events actually work. I was always curious. Yeah, I know. I, I'm <laughs> thinking the same thing like now. But I was like, man, that actually got me into it in the first place. So it's legit the whole purpose of it. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's great to hear. Great to hear. <laughs> um, so then you so then you start working. Do you start working at MLG? Like were you an intern? Uh yeah, I was like an intern. So it was funny, it was um actually hey, I look at that picture, JP. yeah so the site was before that though wasn't it i thought yeah the site was them, right so okay. that was that was during ghost and you know that was basically mlg puckett at the at the time chris puckett my codfather uh <laughs> he he posted like a, a reddit post basically asking for people uh to start tracking stats because that's when they were originally uh starting that you know pro league for ghost the season one um, which was like the first like pro league 
um, and they needed people to, to track stats for it because no one had ever been tracking stuff before that. Uh, so it was like me, a group of like nine other guys thrown into a Skype call from all over, you know, Canada, US, Europe. Um, and we were just basically getting screenshots, tracking anything <laughs> that we could manually, putting onto the site. You know, nowadays, all the stuff that I do is basically automatic from the code that I write, but that was like the old days where everything was super manual and, you know, just grinding Excel sheets. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I, I ended up talking with Puckett and I was like, you know, I live like, you know, in New York, so I can visit the N NYC MLG offices at any point. He's like, yo, let me uh, tour you around the offices one day. Um, and that was the freshman break of my college, my, my freshman college year, the, the first break, the winter break. Uh, he was like, yeah, you want to come in? So I went in and then he's like, yeah, you want to intern for us this winter? I was like, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't have anything else to do this winter break. So, um, I was helping them write like the esports report, uh, with like Matt, um, Max Mall, you probably remember him, Ben. Um, and yeah, it was just a, a really good entry point for me because from there I was able to get a connection, connection with all the MLG guys, Ryan Thompson, um adam and helped me get out to like those events and start working on the back end like broadcast side and providing any type of stats related stuff to either you guys the casters analyst desk or uh you know the actual feed that everyone sees uh with you know graphics wise we're gonna we're gonna dive into over the course of this at some point but like for those that you know, viewers probably have no idea what a fucking shit show stats has been for like yes. Call of Duty esports. Yeah, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest fucking fuck fest. Like, yeah. we were it, 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 at first there was just nothing. We had we had nothing. Like we had nowadays, JP we'll and the nine guys in a Skype yeah, call. That's what we had. Yeah, <laughs> we'll like go through the years and stuff, but like we had no like back end data coming from the actual game. Like it was all just manual, and it was like there'd be inaccuracies sometimes. Like you'd miss a game or wouldn't get a screenshot. Like it was just a shit show, and yeah. you guys were trying your hardest, but like there was only so much you could do. Like just the process of it was a nightmare. But the one thing I want to clarify: were you were you doing the Codstat site before the tweet and like Puckett stuff, or it started then? No, it, it completely started then. Um, oh, so I thought it was before. Yeah, that was that, one of the best okay. decisions of my life of actually responding to that Reddit post and being like, yo, I'm down to do this um, because I don't know where I'd be. <laughs> Probably in law right. school or something um, <laughs> well, at that point. So pretty glad I responded to that Reddit post and got in that I, call. I wanted to know if you were like, you started that site because you were frustrated because of lack of stats or you just wanted entry into esports. Like, I thought it started that way. Not like, uh, oh, I saw Puckett tweet and jumped on that bitch and uh, yeah, that was a step in. I realized there was no stats too, and I was always like interested in that money ball type, you know, stats stuff in terms of regular sports. So I was like, you know, like, I'm watching the matches anyways, so I might as well help track it anyways too because I'm, I'm watching it. So I might as well do something while I'm doing it, um, and maybe it'll start something. So yeah, it was all passion project from that point onwards, and we weren't making money off the site. It was just like anyone who wanted to do it did it, and. Um, it, it really helped me out in terms of, you know, getting the connection there and then end up obviously working for a team once the CDL started. 
Well, yeah, I'm sure you weren't making shit for a while. I mean, I, I, oh, yeah. I, my first year commentating, I had to pay for flights, hotel. No one paid me anything. Like I was, yeah. dead. it was, it was a shit show. I think a lot of people that got involved early on, like it wasn't all that established. Like you had to take like a leap of faith and like yeah. YOLO and like I was, I was cashing something. out, bro. I was cashing out league ops, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, well, you were like in as a player, so I'm it's just like a kidding. little. It's I like, was not. <laughs> it's, it's a little different, but like I feel like a lot of people, man, you just had to. Like I, 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 it's a conversation constantly. Like uh, that whole like, should you do work for free or should you not? Like, is it yeah. like, is it not dignifying to do that? But like, I don't know. Sometimes you just gotta take a leap, man, and bet on yourself and hope it works out. And I'm sure uh, there were maybe some financially stressful years early on, but uh, it's it's cool to see you've uh, you know you've gotten to where you are. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, it was just like a cool gig that I could do on the weekends in college. So I would basically try to schedule my classes. So they, they weren't on Friday, you know, fly Thursday night in, and then the, the tournament would be Friday to Sunday, leave uh, either Sunday night or Monday morning. And usually it would work out. So I was like super blessed to actually even have an opportunity. And then I was able to make it work somehow. So that was, it was a super cool, like side gig that I was able to do during that. I did the same shit. thing when I was playing my classes Tuesday, Thursday. I put like all yeah. five of them. I'd have like a 12, like a 10 hour day of classes so I could fly Friday, Monday. That was always, I was always it or like Thursday night. Um, you know, you were talking about that. I, I guess like, okay, going from what's the difference for you from going from MLG, CWL, sort of working with us to teams? Like, how, how is that work shifted? Like, what you're focusing on? Oh, I mean, it's completely different. I mean, uh, obviously, when I was working on the back end, it was always relaying, you know, basic stats, KD, you know, captures, hill time, all that type of stuff, just relaying you guys records, things like that. Uh, but once you actually settle in and work with a team, it's it's almost like a complete shift. And I, my first year when I was working for New York, I had to really get accustomed to working within a scrim because I'd never been in a scrim before. So I'd never right. even realized what that, you know, entailed. You know, obviously I knew the players and I knew the coaches and I knew the game to a certain extent, but I, I realized quickly, like, I don't know Call of Duty at all. Like, <laughs> like looking at it based on, like, a viewer's perspective that was, like, super casual and, you know, watching a lot but not super you know, ingrained in what was going on. And yeah, then like what was uh, important, what wasn't. Know, exactly. That first month, like first two months, I barely even said anything in the call. Like I, I would talk here and there, but I, I just wanted to basically, you know, gather all of this as if I was like a sponge, just soaking all the information and then gain the trust of the players so that I can actually maybe provide any type of insights that I could uh, to them. Because, you know, they have to, get that respect to me because I had never even, you know, touched a scrim before, but they knew I was right. like a, a stats guy. So I wanted to really get in, you know, in, in that way and actually provide some type of worth um, and talk in terms of like what they would in terms of like, you know, what's a good play, what's not a good play, you know, should you have hit this out uh, and, you know, we're breaking this way, but should we break this way? Would it be more beneficial for us to do X, Y, and Z? You know, that type of stuff. So it's, it's super more detailed. Um, obviously, I still track similar things. Basics. You know, yeah. The basics. But it's more uh, advanced now. You're tracking, you know, hill change. You're tracking breaks, hard, like hard point holds. Um, it, there's so much that, you know, I don't even want to go into because it's just, it's just super in-depth. Um, Work. 
What did you say? You said dork. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, so you're telling me you have like, I, I mean, let's just put, have an example. All right, we have a you know, hotel hardpoint, right? You have a, a, a spreadsheet that shows here is our, maybe here's how we do P1, right? Or here's how we do P2. You know, maybe X amount of times we've gotten 30 plus seconds or, you know, we were successfully broken or we broke the hill, you know, 10 out of 15 times. Like we're talking that in depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's basically like a a dashboard that I built for them. So it's it's not as, you know, nerdy as a spreadsheet because you don't want to, you know, show players numbers because they're not going to really, you know, take that into account too much. And uh, but if you show them a bunch of cool looking graphs, maybe it'll be ingrained in their minds a little bit more but uh yeah so anytime we're you know i'll usually take two weeks of data and be like you know for the past two weeks this is what's going on here um we'll compare it to our opponents you know we're breaking 70 percent on this hill but our opponents are breaking 90 percent. like what are we doing differently than our opponents uh but is that translating to a better rotation than the next hill for us so is it actually beneficial you know things like that where you can actually create like super good insights and then you know, what I've recently started doing uh, to try and make it even more in depth is, you know, pairing that with, you know, a lot of video research. So it's like, you know, we can watch our last 10 P2s and see what's going wrong. And like, you know, we can compare that to what teams are doing, what we're doing in matches. Is it is it the same? Like, what's going on? Just to give you like a little bit more of a, uh, a, a tool to work with uh, to try and see, you know, what we can do to help benefit the team as much as possible. You went like an entirely kind of different direction than I thought. Like that would be the difficult. What, what was your major in school again? Like what was your, Labor were you into like numbers and math and stats and shit before no. that tweet? Labor okay, relations. So, I was going to go, go to law school and maybe help them develop a union or something. So I thought like, I don't know who out there is like dealt with uh, math majors or like really numbers oriented people. A lot of times like, dude, their brains are just wired differently. Like they're not, a lot of times not like super like people oriented, like they're very like data oriented. And like, right. I thought if you were like that, and I didn't really think you were, so we like hung out and like, you know, I, you're not like this like super mega like stat dork, even though you are. But like, <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. I thought the, I thought the hardest part might be like, like when you're doing this, the website, right? Just dealing with numbers. Uh, when you're dealing with MLG, like give us these numbers, you're just dealing with numbers. Like when you go to a team, it's a people thing now. Yeah. Like now you now it's it's relationships and dealing with people and how to receive information from them, how to give them information properly. Everybody's fucking different. And I know some people that in a role like you that are a little more numbers oriented have struggled with that because it's like it's just it's not their thing a lot of times when you're like a super like stats person. Like I, I don't I don't know if you guys have ever talked to like well, some of the I stats you work with. Some of those guys are like, dude, I they talk to me, I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? Well and I I think too, like, I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong, JP, but I would assume you probably had, you know, with New York, you probably had relationships with coaches and maybe you were giving them the data because you're probably watching scrims alongside a coach, right? Like you're tracking stuff with them. You're giving them info and maybe like the coach is like, Hey, this is what JP's telling me here. You know, JP, like break it down for you. Right. Where now, I mean, you're, you've kind of, it's a little bit different. Like you're, you know, the whole situation where Ray happened. So it's just kind of, we, you have to build that one-on-one relationship with the team. Um, I would say a, a little bit. I mean, at the, I would say at the beginning of MW, it was kind of like that. Okay. Um, but, you know, Revan and, and I, I give a lot of credit to Lamar because he helped me out a lot because he, he, like, trusted me a lot with this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they really helped me, you know, assimilate into the team environment. Um, so at the end of the, like, 
MW, I was conversing with them as well, talking about stuff. Um, so really, you know, big credit to, to Revan and Lamar for like actually trusting me with, with that stuff and bringing me in like that. Um, and then, you know, once Cold War came around, I got a lot more, um, you know, I, I just felt so much more comfortable with what was going on in terms of a gameplay perspective. Uh, obviously, the game would change each year, but uh, I just got a lot more confidence in my game knowledge, and that just helped me out a lot because of, you know, what I would want to track now that I know X, Y, and Z, you know, what I can say to players because I know what will work, what won't work. Um, you know, again, like you said, Clint, like all player relationships, you know, that's the one thing that helped me with my major, whether it's labor relations, because you're dealing with, you know, employer to employee relationships and, you know, building trust between those two parties is huge. And, you know, player to player relationships, player to coach relationships are so massive and especially like a small team environment like this uh, that I don't think people realize how big um, it can be and how much of an impact it can be to players. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, I got a lot more confidence over the years and I really had a lot of good, you know, players to help me out with that. I mean, I had Lamar first year, Clay the second year, Krim the third year, Jesus, um, yeah. Ant this year, yeah. like a lot of smart players that I could just build my knowledge of, of the game off of and with different perspectives, but also, you know, high acumen, high accolades with all those players. Um, it was, and those yeah. are the guys that want the stats, right? Like they want the yeah, info. Yes. Like so, those are the guys who are looking for the what are the like what are we doing wrong, right? Those are the the vocal guys in the calls, like, yo, JP, like what's happening here, type thing. Well, it, how do you like? Because I feel like it'd be difficult to like. Yes, you need to learn, and it helps obviously. But like, I think your value is that also even if like you don't know it as intimately, like you look at it differently, right? Like you just with the numbers and how you look at the game, it's a different POV. Like, I feel like sometimes you have to, like, not be, I don't know if manipulate is the right word, but, like, not be, like, view it the same way as a player. So, like, you need to view it by, like, your info, if that makes sense. So, you're bringing yeah, something yeah. to the table and not just, like, going along with what the fuck they're saying, getting stats that, like, support that. No, and honestly, I think the mesh completely helped me so much because, like, now I have the player side, now I have the stat side, and I can group that together um, to whatever, like, I need to. You know, I it's... It's a, a balance that I was able to get first year that I realized that like, oh, I can like really merge these two families together if, if well, one day I could. Um, and that's, you know, that's really helped me a lot in turning my viewpoint on, you know, the game. Dude, I am so jealous of just like <laughs> the tools you guys have. Like, right. it's just like a coaching staff. Like, I'm so jealous. I, we didn't even watch VODs back then. Or like you watched it on yourself and wrote notes down like... <laughs> JP could probably tell me, uh, you know, which, you know, we're playing, I don't know, New York. How many times they go to the B bomb, right? Like you probably like, eh, like just the stats in depth nowadays is it's probably insane. I, I yeah, it's on another level. And it, it's, it's tracked a different way. Like, obviously I was doing it manually before, but it, I've saved so much time, like learning how to code myself and then, you know, actually building things to track scoreboards or track, you know, so the you've defense. built your own program. Yeah, yeah, and I think a, a multiple analysts nowadays probably are doing the same. Um, but you know, I, you probably remember Doug, who was with LAG. Um, yeah. I think he's out of the scene now. But uh, I talked with him a lot, like during Black Ops Four, because he was helping me with COD stats, and he was helping me get in, you know, show the ropes for for a lot of the coding stuff that I was do able to do. 
-hmm. and you know it's just it saves so much time like thinking about it to myself now is like why did i use excel for however long when i could have used you know r or python these different computer languages that you know if anyone's coming up and trying to be an analyst for a call of duty team or any esports team you know learn how to code first because that is going to save you so much time and it helps with everything so i'm just thinking don't because you're gonna get replaced by ai (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah. i'm I'm just thinking that that thing is amazing bro that golf thing i I was like dude I'm just thinking there's probably some analyst out there, though, like on a pro team that's still like screenshotting. I bet you there's one. There's <laughs> got to be yeah. someone. It's just like, I don't know. I'd rather save all of my time so I could do something else. <laughs> because, you know, oh, no, I, I, I don't. I can watch the scrim now. It's not like I have to keep tracking, you know, 60 to 0, 58 to 2 um, yeah. while the game's going on. I can watch the minimap. I can watch the player point of view. You know, it's like I don't have to tend to that anymore. Makes sense. Um, before we get, uh, sort of optic stuff, you know, we talk about, you know, sort of players game to game. It's a big change for them, uh, for like your data or what you like to do. Does the title change that from like for year to year for you? Um, is it, well, so the actual code I'll have to change every year just because, you know, Codcaster changes. So if Codcaster yeah, I guess changes, more what data you're looking for. Yeah. So what i'll use is very like predictive versus reactive with this title like that type of thing like it's like i feel like the numbers mean a lot different shit in cold war versus fucking vanguard yeah exactly so you'll see different you know percentages break wise and stuff but like you know a lot of the time you know even just rotation win percentage you know that's going to be huge in this game or like you know if if you really look in the first month you can see like oh what are the trends going to be like is it going to be more holding more breaking you know which hills or which maps are going to be you know the money hills things like that uh so i'll use that first month to gauge what i really want to look for in terms of a lot of stuff uh because you know it's it was super different with cold war to mw where it was like okay one squad spawns (laughs) one's regular spawns now you know so everything is different like the way we're going to want to play is completely different um and obviously, and if a new game 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 mode comes out, you know we had to switch from Dom to Control, and now I'm tracking something else for Control because Dom is obsolete now. Uh, yeah, it, it it'll change. Obviously, not as much um, anymore because we're we're stuck with the hardpoint search control stuff now. But um, most of the time, it's it's usually the same. I'll usually yeah gauge that the first few weeks or first month of data and see what I can gather from that. Yeah, I'm sure you see trends with this data, right? But yeah. Before before we hop into the optics stuff, I want to just like have a like laugh about like this just the evolution of this whole stats thing over the years because oh, like there's some fun, there's just some funny shit, bro. Like so, all right, we we, we went from having <laughs> we went from having nothing like you know it was day one is God builds the earth, just fucking nothing there, <laughs> and then uh, pocket tweets and we get JP screenshot and shit, and I hope the stats are right. I don't know, <laughs> they, they might be somebody. Did they get DDoSed? I don't know. Servers drop. I, I had a fucking idea. Yeah, they, they're crackers leave the lobby because they were getting smoked. Like, but then, but then. CWL happened and Activision actually got involved in the consumer marketing team and they hired a stats team to get involved. Party, and the stats yes. team, bro, that we finally had back in data. The site they had, it wasn't like very like user friendly, but it was fucking legit. Like you could watch though. it was you could watch like heat maps play out. Like it, it'd just be like a 
like you were looking at like a soccer field almost, but like you could see like the players things moving around and like different heat maps where the kills were made, like li like all these live graphics. It was steps a player took. Yeah, uh, how many wall map. running, how much time in the air? Like we had everything, and then yeah. they didn't hire him the next year, so I was fucking sick. So then we went back to basically square, uh, square one. Then the CDL starts, and we basically uh -huh. had this one fucking guy who half the time did Joe and I would DM him to give us stats, he wouldn't reply. And then at champs, he quits day one of champs. He just fucking oh. walked out. He, our stats, our one stats guy just walked out. So he said, that's, stats. That's I would never walk out on you, Clint. That's fine. Like, um, it's been like such a, stats. It's been no, such I, a roller coaster, bro. Like, it's just, just, luckily, like, breaking point was around then, uh, which, you know, See uh, other stats guys now work on, right? Uh, the community sort of built up breaking point, but we, you had that. Yeah, well, that I mean was more, I guess, for like the for like I guess I want the league to get the point. No, no, like I hear you. I'm just saying once our like, stats guy left, at least we had that to work on. Yeah, off yeah. Of. I just want to be like yeah. you're going to ESPN, you're looking at different players and ba basketball and records, and like it's all just there. Like I want to get there, and we're still not even close, but at least like, you guys have a resource. Um, but I want like fans to be able to like I don't watch as much basketball as I used to be. You know what I do? I go look at the box score and then I go down a rabbit hole looking at different shit and just looking at stats. Like I do that all the time, and like I don't think that's really a thing. Yeah. Like so, the average fan. Yeah, I, I agree. Like that World War II, IW, you know, that period, it was like a gold mine for stats. And there's still some like GitHub that has all the raw data that I always, you know, uh, tell people to go and, and look at because. Oh, that's true. Because we played fantasy, didn't we? Wasn't that like the start of like Wait, the so IW was... camps? IW Wait, camps. Yeah, there was which... I remember that. Yeah. But what team was what stats team like, was that, Joe? Was that the same team from Black Ops Three? I thought we yes. We, oh, yes. they did do two years. Yeah. That's right, they did no, do two years. They did multiple years, but they didn't like they didn't have like they didn't get hired again, or they didn't have as much access to the API or something like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was something weird. They were they were actually kind of great, but those dude, yeah, I, those are the people. We did I fantasy all IW, dude. It was lit, dude. Are I just you, knew there was no. there was just a gold mine of stats, and then here I am, you know. After BO4, I get hired by New York, and I know that I'm going to the team. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, they better have these stats, like, when I start. Because, like, I'm going to lose full if I'm going to have to keep tracking all this again, or they're not even going to have it for matches. College then, all over again. I'm like, please give this to us. I'm telling the league, I'm like, please. And I realized that they didn't have that third party anymore. And I was uh -huh. like, oh, this might, this might be bad. Like, and then eventually, like, we don't get detailed match data for a while. Like, it didn't happen until, what, last year or two years ago where we finally started getting uh, detailed access, you know, from match data to the teams. But before right. that, it was just, we had to track it ourselves. Like, it wasn't even being tracked. And that was, that made me upset because I was like, I know what's there and what can be tracked. It's just like, is the effort going to be taken to, uh, to get that? Um, so, yeah, that was just, you know, it was a bummer on my end for the first two years. But now they're, you're, they're getting more steps towards a... Uh, you know what we used to have so so now when you guys are done with a match you guys get sent like a detailed like match stat type thing or uh, we have access to like a dashboard that we can play around on oh, the back end okay yeah, so you yeah, guys have, have access now okay. yeah so that's what Clint and I weren't sure like and do you have access to every team or is it just your team yeah, yeah it's every every team okay I was wondering interesting ah. interesting Oh, that's awesome. Well, at least it's in a much better spot now. At least we oh, have that yeah, to for work. sure. Well, there you go, Clint. It's 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 there. Well, it's just like it's got potential to be so like wild though. Like it's not like you know, real sports are limited in the fact they're not 
it's not all data exactly like in a game right like dude i it just some of like the everything, game analysis exactly, stuff i've heard everything. like i've heard like rumors of like stuff people are working on is like this like it's like game analysis where like it can literally like there'll be a program you have like you're an average player it'll like get all the data from you playing and they can literally give you feedback visually and statistically on how to improve like yeah. this is where your crosshair should be placed this is the route you should take this is where you should th like it, it can get so wild and fucking cool um i just yeah, hope we yeah. get there i don't know what's gonna take i mean money is what it's gonna take but yeah like, but it's like we don't need to pay for a bunch of cameras high-speed cameras to watch over our arena or you know these players to wear something on their chest or wear something in their skate so that we can track it you know it's literally already being yeah, kept in the game it's just exactly, like, like, can actually you know get something from it yeah that's what's so frustrating like it's all just there we just need someone yeah. to either like a publisher or dev has to own it or it's going to be like a i don't know like an hltv or like some someone that blows up gets a bunch of funding and just takes this bitch over and like i, I don't know i don't know but like i feel like we're not even close to where it can be clint i'm already yeah. fighting enough ai in warzone i don't <laughs> want to fight it sounds like we're fighting more ai here soon huh like some real irobot <laughs> will smith type stuff. versus ai 4v4 like we're not even gonna have to oh. scrimmage the pro team that's true. Don't they do that on like chess? Like chess just like fries. Like like uh, Imagine like yeah. you know, Bot Forge rotating P4, like <laughs> Did you ever play Perfect Dark on N64 on like the hardest mode? I just you just get one pre one tap pre-fire. You're <laughs> everyone's selling him, bro. Like it's insane. Can you imagine a computer snaking at the perfect form? Like <laughs> wow. uh, killed, like we're talking about the future here now. Wow, this is going to get crazy. Okay, well, luckily I'm retired, so I'm going to deal with that. <laughs> um, all right, JP, so, you know, you um, move on from New York. Um, you, you arrive at Optic for this year. I guess how, how did that whole process go down for you? Just sort of looking for a home, they reach out type deal? Yeah, so it was the first time I was an actual, like, free agent over the offseason. Um, Hastro, once I made a tweet of, like that I was – um, a free agent, he he reached out and he was like, you know, let me talk with you soon. Um, so I ended up talking with with Hastro and and Ray was super good with that because he um, he was probably in in Mike's ear uh, because I remember back in actually after MW they had reached out to me, um, the Dallas Empire, but it was just they didn't have the budget for what I was making, so it was like, you know, thank you, but no, thank you. I just I just can't take that offer. Um, right. So I knew Ray always wanted to work with me, and I knew I would like to work with Ray if, if I had the chance. Um, so, yeah, it was a pretty easy decision for me. I, I had a couple teams, but I ended up going with Optic, uh, as I thought was yeah, my best that's option. A, so. that's, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think we all know it's a, a lot of people probably make that same decision. Have you ever, like, thought about, like, when this started, because it wasn't your major, like, you got involved, like, where you wanted to get with this, like, like, like what your end goal is with this career path. Cause like getting to optic in, in a franchise league, like that's pretty, I mean, maybe that's it. It got, so it's fucking awesome. Or mm. is there something like you've envisioned is like maybe next step down the road? Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, like when I first joined New York, I was like, Oh, this is the dream job. But I, then I was like, okay, what's up from here? Um, so I don't You're know. Young, <laughs> right now, right now, I, I love this. Um, maybe eventually I'll go into like some type of managerial role or something higher up in the org. I think that would be a cool like step up uh, because I don't know if I'll want to you know sit in scrims every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, because that, does, yeah. that doesn't sound like the best. Call of Duty Vanguard Three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That does not sound fun. But for right now, I I love the work and it's like it doesn't even feel like a job most of the time. 
uh, so it's it's super nice. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, then obviously, uh, you know, early in the season, stages one and two, pretty rocky, weren't the best, uh, especially mm-hmm. for Optic. Um, I guess like for you, like what was the key learnings that you wanted to bring to the squad after those, you know, a couple of stages? Yeah, so a lot of it, you know, they were a team going in, going into this year, but they were it, obviously they had the whole Vanguard season. So um, there was all this drama on, you know, who's playing with who. And obviously they ended up keeping the same roster. Um, I know that going into it. So I'm just thinking, you know, I got to basically start over like I did in MW and gain these guys' trust because it's four completely new players. I'd never been in the org. So I was like, you know, I got to gain their trust, realize or get them to realize that I have some knowledge in the game and what my stats can provide or whatever they need me to provide. Um, And, you know, just work with them that way. Uh, You know, working with Ray was awesome because I was able to really focus on the stats based wise what he was facing on or well, he was em- had, had emphasis on that, uh, you know, gameplay-wise, and we were able to really merge uh, together, like, any ideas that we had. Uh, but also, you know, working with the players was awesome. Like, you know, Seth ended up re- retiring, but he was, like, great to work with during that time. Uh, unfortunately, it was only, like, two months that I got to work with him, but, you know, during that time, it was, it was uh, he was, like, super vibey, and it was, it was, he was... Were a, you a little uh, intimidated with. at first? Because, like, there's Call of Duty players, and then there's, like, there's Scump. Like, when you had to go tell me he was doing something stupid, were you shitting yourself a little bit? Uh, not really, because I, I already <laughs> dealt with Clay and Krim, so it was not, yeah, that's not true. a big deal that's anymore. True. It was, like, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. Nah, he's great, he's great. No, I I really respect them for like taking me in super easily and, you know, realizing some of the value that I could bring. So uh, I was super blessed. Super blessed. Wow. Voice crack. Uh, Super blessed blessed that that they were able to take that, you know, into consideration and help me out at the beginning. That's good to hear, because I think one of the things that's impressed me about Seth just as a player, um, you know, he's won it all. Uh, He is very wealthy he literally hasn't needed to compete for fucking a long time like i I couldn't believe he's played as long as he had and stayed as hungry as long as he was and to hear that like you coming in i think it'd be very easy for a goddamn millionaire and world champ like him to sort of be like whatever you're saying fuck off i'm scump type thing like it'd be very easy for someone to be like that but he's um, cool. That's like, just he, not sad, yeah. though. That's no, not no, no, no. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just, I'm just yeah. saying, like, I just love and respect that, like, because it's very easy to not be like that. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's always just kind of, I don't know, just kind of stayed, stayed humble and stayed fucking Seth. But yeah, early the, those player relationships is what you have to build first, and then, and then you can talk about the stats or the gameplay with them. But obviously, you know, step one, get to know them and you know have a good time with them first. You know, like that was important for me to. Again, I'm drunk start. Too. Vibey squad, the vibe squad. <laughs> Shots on um, JP. Shots on JP. Okay, we don't have to get into details here, but obviously the whole <laughs> Rambo thing happened. Um, I think a lot of people were shocked. Really wasn't sure what was going on. I guess, did this change anything for you? Or did you have those relationships built up? Because it sounds like, you know, him and, you know, you and Ray were on the same page, how you wanted to approach things. Mm-hmm. To, Ray's not really involved anymore. He's going to make content. So now, all right, it's just you in those in that scrim room. All right, like, what do you, what do I need to do now? Right, like, sort of, sort of thing. So, I guess, what changed for you? Um, 
not too much. So like obviously it it was a bigger role that I had to, had to like take, but you know that's just the cards that you're dealt with, and you gotta you know play with that. Um, but obviously you know taking a little bit of a step back and being like, okay, this is what we gotta work with. But it it was different because I wanted to really make it um, an environment where we can benefit. Uh, from anything that they want first. So it's like, I want it to, to more so be like, you know, if you need me, I'm there and I can help out with everything, you know? Yeah. And then it wasn't so much a direct like, okay, this is going to be the way we play, but it's like, what do you guys suggest? You know, I have questions on what this is going to be, but what do you guys suggest here? This is what I suggest. And we just had like a, a more communal conversation with that um, because I realized that, you know, having those player relationships and, and dealing with them that way where everyone really had a say with it uh, was going to be important to them because, you know, it, it's, it's all player to player. Like, you know, something I could say to Kyler is not going to be the same thing I could say to Krim. Or, you know, it's, it's, you have to take it by a case-by-case basis because everyone's different. And you probably learned that yeah. day one of working with anyone in any type of job. Uh, but especially in terms of, like, you're working with younger guys in a team environment like this where there's only four people um, you know, everyone's going to react differently to criticism. Everyone's going to react differently to anything that you say. So, uh, I wanted to be a little bit more open with it, and you know, take it step by step in that direction. So, you know, I had a lot of help from Ant because he was, you know, really. He, I mean, he is really, really smart gameplay wise. You know, he he puts on a show on stream and and does some. Are you sure? These stupid stuff. I don't know what it is, but he had <laughs> he has ten out of ten game sense. So, yeah. um, he, he, I, I'm pretty sure he puts on a show. I don't know about you guys, but uh, the way that he thinks about the game is is great. And I was able to lean on him uh, with anything that I thought might be you know or should be brought up. But I was I was mainly relying on him to help me out with a lot of the stuff. And I, I appreciate you know all the work that he's done to help me with that. Um, and then you know once we bring in Dan. Um, everything like all the vibes are are great and he is like one of the smartest players you'll ever meet and probably the best comms wise i've ever dealt with um and that's you know saying a lot with the the players that i've worked with uh so everything has made my job a lot easier you know i'm just there to basically help you know point out any strengths and weaknesses that they might not see already um on a vod or gameplay or a vod or stats basis so yeah. I'm there as that extra resource, but also, you know, in, you know, in the, the war room every day with them, uh, watching the VOD and, you know, either bringing some type of uh, value in terms of, you know, what we could do here or what do you guys suggest here, uh, you know, but, you know, really bringing it to more open um, discussion for all the guys to, to say their piece. Well, I was, I was like kind of, I don't know you've been the homie like and i was a little bit worried for you in this role because like listen we we teeps our guy and we would play with teep when he was coaching optic and teep would get on blackout and be like this fucking guy dashy and tj slept through scrims again motherfuckers won't get on and play won't watch vod like he would just rage to us about like the lack of like work ethic from that side and then you know the issues that have gone over the years within that camp mm-hmm. and then the stuff went down with ray and i just wasn't sure what you were walking into yeah. um and how that was going to be but i was hoping that like kind of like seth said man it's like retirement thing like you know i'm falling so you can get up or whatever like i'm hoping like 
everyone's locked and Dashi especially is like, I gotta fucking be on my shit. Like how, how I guess has he been? He's been receptive stuff. He's been good to work with. Yeah. He's been great to work. Honestly, like I'm surprised he hasn't been as late as much as he had. Like he was late <laughs> one day and it was yesterday because he overslept a warm up. They were supposed to warm up LA thieves. And that was the first time that he was ever late. Uh, but you know, I had, I had changed the way that I wanted to do like VOD. Um, because I, I do think sometimes there is like an overcoaching um, sure. mentality where it's like, you know, critique, 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 critique. Then, you know, a player like Kyler, he's supposed to be a freely flowing player where, you know, if he sees an opening, he's going to take that opening, but it's a calculated risk. Same with Ant. So they, they play off of that. And it's like, you can't really cage them in a box all the time because... That's I know just, they're thinking sometimes. They're just their brains are just on another planet. It's just gonna yeah. overthink, and that's you know that's the worst thing that you could do for a player like like Kyler Ant. So, yeah. um, the only vod that we'll do is like some tendencies of the other opponent teams before we play them, or you know if we're we've been screwing up or fucking up like one hill over and over and over, over again, over and over. Then we'll watch something and be like, yeah, what are we doing here? But you know, for the most part, like we're not watching vod every day. It's 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 more so like. If something arises where we need to talk about it, we'll talk about it. Or if, you know, obviously some tendency stuff before we play a match. Um, well, it's cr- it's crazy because, yeah, we just had Vance on. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah. were just asking him about Cold War, his Cold War team with Ultra. And he was just like, we kept it to a minimum. Like, we practiced and we got off. Like, we didn't play the game. We didn't really watch VOD. We just wanted to a- act naturally, you know, just like uh, we just wanted to play reality over you know? quantity, like, it, like just get was, the good uh, stuff in. I, guess, yeah, I mean, in. and our, our scrims are great. So, and they all love, uh, they have so much fun in these scrims. And I'm like, I've That's never, amazing. I've never had a team where it was like so much effort, but also fun. And obviously it's fun when you're doing well, but like, yeah, but like, <laughs> if you're having that, those quality of scrims where you're actually learning things or making this become like second nature, like it, it enhances everything more than a VOD session will do. You know, I think you nailed it. Like you just have players that you don't want to put too much shit in their heads. Like, yeah. Find that one thing, hit it. Like if there's one thing that's really plaguing them, get that shit drilled into their heads. Mm-hmm. The rest, let them fucking do whatever they're, uh, let them go swim. I, yeah, because, I mean, a lot of mini-map critiques that you'll see, like, on, you know, an analyst desk or on, you know, any type of odd session that you might do with the team, you know, that play doesn't work there, but, you know, two times out of ten, that does work. So, like, sometimes it does work, but, you know, even sometimes critiquing one play where it's like, that play didn't work, but nine times out of ten, that risk taking that is going to work. So you right. can't, like, critique that because it's like, okay... You know, this is just the way we're going to play. Um, but a lot of it is just like, you know, you have to deal with the players that you're dealt with and dealing with how they'll respond well to whatever it is. And if they respond well, then, you know, we're we're a happy camp, right? So cool. I love that. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I, I mean, you guys have a very, fl- like you said, sort of free-flowing, just the players. I, obviously, this this roster is so talented, like, yeah, and that makes and the, the skill ceiling easier. Obviously. Yeah, right. The skill ceiling for this team is so high, as we've been seeing. Uh, but you talked about the the who can shotsy dynamic, in I think for a long time since Black Ops Four, since you know Cold War, every team has tried to mimic sort of a simp and a beezy, right? A very fast entry playing sub versus yeah. you know a slow slaying sub and simp. 
Um, and I think everyone kind of looked at, all right, this blueprint, how do we match that? What two subs can we put together to do that? Where, in my mind, who can Shotzi, and, and Shotzi said this recently, like they play so similar, so or just similar. kind of works. Like, I guess, can you discuss that dynamic at, at, at all, like between those two? Because it, it's just, it's yeah. different. It's different. It's, it's otherworldly because. You know, you see Kyler on another team, and it's not working out as well. But when he's with Ann or when he's in a good environment, he's disgusting. And it's not like, you know, oh, he's not a smart player. He's a smart player. He just has to be in the right environment or the right system. Um, and, you know, it's funny because him and Ant play so similarly that, like, you know, one will go off and go rogue. One will stay back. And then one will go stay back and go rogue, but they'll like always be on the same mindset where they're both not going rogue. Or you know that was a problem for us um, at, at at a certain point where, where we talked about it and we're like, okay, one of you go rogue, one of you stay back, but like right. balance that. And they're able to do it like seamlessly. I I, I, told, yang, bro. Like, I told this story to Ben the other day, but there was one time in a scrim like two or like a week ago, and we're breaking up hotel P two, and they the way they're breaking, they do the exact same movement and like go, uh, you know, dive out, you know, uh, shoulder one way, go to the spot, heady crouch or prone crouch back up and they get collated and they just start laughing. Cause they're like, Oh, we just lined up by doing the exact same thing. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how the fuck does that happen? We're right. so on the same page that like you literally do the exact same movement and they get collated because you both lined up. Um, so that was it was hilarious like in the moment well how see i i think there's a not only like you know the two times they've teamed together there's a big big similarity between those two teams you had a remarkable comms guy like you had clay and empire who will fucking call out for the whole team yeah. you have ghosty that'll call out for the whole team here and like i think that like yin and yang and like them, they're they're shifting gears to balance each other. Like I think that works because they can just focus on that at times and like and processing just, all the comps from Ghosty, and they can just shut the fuck up and fry. Like I, yeah. I think I think that's got to be. I mean I don't play, but like it has to be huge for that that type oh, of style. It has to be. Like Dan, like like I said, Dan is is probably got the best comps of, of a player I've ever worked. Well, Joe gassed the it's, shit out of me amazing. yesterday, bro. Like it's what? literally amazing what he can do. Um, for the team and, and you know he even said this like it wasn't even his role back in challengers like because he was he was frying in challengers but he's like you know i want to be the facilitator i want to be that next karma for this team uh and be a dynasty you know i want to be that facilitator so he took up that role and you know super gun him he's amazing with that it's it's actually unbelievable um for a rookie like this to to bring sort of that type of impact for him uh, yeah, so he's literally a walking UAV. You t you ask anyone on this on this team, and they're really like, yeah, "This guy's got the best comps." Like, I don't I don't even know how he does it. Um, but it, well, he, I, I mean, it's crazy. I played a couple of rank games with him, and I can't believe he played with Fellow. I was like, "There's just the, those two motor motor mouths on the." I same thought it was team, I thought it was dude. Fellow. I was like listening to your stream. I thought it was fucking Fellow. I hit the voice too. Fellow's clone. I'm convinced. Yeah. yeah. The way they it's talk, crazy. the way they like yeah. everything is the same. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, he's been a pleasure to work with. He's, he's super smart, uh, super talented. And, and he's just been like a blessing obviously to the squad and he, he's transformed the squad to, to something different. And, you know, I'll always remember this one, uh, this one point, it was like the first day that we started scrimming. And this is why I love Kyler because he's so se like selfless and, you know, Dan, he comes in the team wanting to try and do everything for the team. Like, you know, I'll bait for you. I'll do this. 
and he he dives through to try and break a hill and Kyler gets the trade and Kyler goes never fucking do that again like I slide first I got the sub or something <laughs> like that and I thought that sh- that was the funniest thing because it was like he's trying to do everything to you know right. put himself on the squad and then Kyler's just like dude no like I got this like like we're playing for the win I'm gonna slide for you you know yeah no hundred percent I mean it's obviously it, he he's found his role is what it seems like he knows what he has to do on this team um, yeah. Which is like to make sure you guys aren't making mistakes in game, making sure those guys are on the same page. Um, it just feels like it's funny he says he wants to be the facilitator like Karma because Karma was a very like Karma did it though in a different way. He was very quiet. Uh, Damon did not say a lot of words, but when Damon spoke, they meant there was a lot of weight behind it, right? Yeah, where like he he is just like. Going, 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 like making sure everyone is on the same page where they need to be and just letting them do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Well, and th- I, I mean, this the average. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, this just makes Ant's job so much easier because he was right. kind of doing that uh, for us, like stage one, stage two. Now, I-, I won't forget this map, like Florida uh, stage one. It was the series they ended up losing, but it was a hotel hardpoint where he absolutely fried and he was calming like Dan would calm. And doing that as a sub. And I was like, that was the most impressive map maybe I've ever seen. Not easy to do. And I was like, but you can't keep that up. Like, it's not feasible. It's literally not possible to do all the time, especially, you know, as a sub. Um, So I knew that was, like, some area that, like, obviously we would need to work on. And, you know, Dan was the perfect role for that. So, like, you know, when they talk about, like, CS, like, there's, like, an in-game leader, right? And people talk about them usually not putting up big numbers. It's such, like, an important role. But, like, COD's so much faster that, like, everyone sort of is on some teams like the dynamic everyone has mm-hmm. to calm or be involved but like when you have people that are really good like the, the listen it's forever ago but the thing that always comes to my mind was that that nve united comeback when there's a fucking five minute listen in i don't think john or app said a goddamn word they were just <laughs> running around piecing and caps just saying shit and like it, it, we all like even if you're an average pro- player like just watches like doesn't doesn't play this level like I, one of the hardest things you know i know how hard it is to like calm well when i'm in gunfights and when you are fighting and doing things it is infinitely harder when you can just yeah. shut your fucking mouth and focus on the fights and the map it is so much easier it is so well, even just the average person it's so much easier i think it's less about like the shooting aspect too and more like what's well, coming you know what next I mean? like, like yeah, what, just, what like, is the next play yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, all what, of them, where, I mean, yes you know where's I can't the next handle play, gunfight and talking they're handling 40 more things yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I try, bro. It's it's like it's just it's hard to like focus it's on the, the moment and what's coming, and then also, I, I, dude, I don't know. It's tough, man. That's I mean, it's one of the big things. Like communication is a huge part of separating like pros from not pros. Like, it, yeah, and I mean, COD gets a lot of flack for being like, oh, this Twitch shooter, but like, dude, respawn is hard. Like, there, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of quick decisions that need to be made, Especially and you have to make game. the right one every single time. You know, like, and you have to do it in a very quick amount of time with little to no info, just the, whatever you're getting calmed with at. So, yeah, because a game like Cold War, right, where there's very good a good spawn system, you spawn up, and when you spawn up in a game like Cold War, th- that spawn is telling you where your team is, where the enemy team is, kind of what's happening next. In a game yeah. like this, there's a lot of parallel spawns. If you move five feet. Get behind a wall. Someone could on the enemy team can spawn behind you. There is a lot of. I mean, the pros say it like P one hotel. Oh yeah, they're just gonna spawn everywhere. Like they can't even read it, right? So it's even more so on a title like this where the comms have to be. I mean, yeah, yeah. almost perfect. 
And you yep. have red dots, which is sick. But it's just it's just it's very reactive, right? Versus like a CS or um, you know, some of our good titles where it's very predictive. And like when you die, yes. you kind of know where you're gonna spawn, you know what the next step is. You're in a system. This is just very free flowing, and that's probably why fucking Shotzi and Hook works so well, because that's like kind of what this is, bro. Like, yeah, you get a feel for the moment and react. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, like, and go off. <laughs> you want to talk about you know stats and, and analytics like the next wave of that is like you know decision making this person making the right decision 90 percent of the time this person is making decision 70 percent you know that's that's where it'll end up growing. Or, or even if you were able to like decipher comms and analyze it that way you know that's i feel like is the next wave of everything you know just based on where everything's going in terms of like ai and you know you know, more tools to help out with that. You know, we're going to be past numbers. We're going to be past that. And we're now going to a decision-making or, you know, comms, a more, you know, broader approach of, you know, analytics, which what was raised super tweet? cool. Left stick mistakes. I fucking love that. Oh, once he first I, I, said I that, love that. that, I fucking love that. That's so good. Like, yeah. left stick's your brain, right stick's your gunny. Like, yeah, exactly. where are you going off spot? I thought that was so good. Um, So we discussed uh, who can Shotzi. Um, you know, obviously, you guys move away from Ily. I think everyone was a little bit surprised. Uh, but bringing in Ghosty, uh, Major 3, you guys finished top four. But I guess for you, that London match, if that goes the other way, I mean, I, I don't know how scrims were before that. You, right, you said Ghost- to me after that match? Uh, it, it was awful. <laughs> you said we look Almost- awful. Yeah, I thought you did. I, I, I said it during the match. Yeah. I, I, I did think you guys looked awful. Like it was. Um, I, they should have lost. Honestly, that Mercado was not good. But yeah, it doesn't matter because they finished off Fortnite. I, I mean, that built so much confidence for this roster. Obviously, in front of your home crowd, Ghosty, who's in this now. You know, you're on Optic. There's pressure there, no matter who you are. Yeah. Um, and he got comfortable, I, and you can now see what it's done for this team. But it's just funny to look back at that match and say, like, what would have maybe happened if if you lost that? No, I wasn't yeah. a believer, dude. Like, it was it was all just translating what we were doing in scrims to the matches, and you know, after that London match, that's what we really look like. Um, mm-hmm. And we realized that after the London match, we were like, we are calming way too frantic. We are calming like like it's life and death like let's chill out let's calm like we do in a scrim and then everything will be fine and that's exactly what happened like from the, that point forward like we realized that and we or they they you know changed the comms significantly like if you listen to one listening on one day uh i guess it would be friday and then listening to any of the saturday or sunday listenings, is it's like night and day that's it, awesome it just like it works for him i remember like dude when they started winning i went into damon's chat he was streaming i'm like damon you know, we were wondering like how this team was going to work because like you have a lot of just like I, it's a, it's kind of a weird team with some of just like the raw talent and decision making type stuff. But like on this title, it works. And I was like, Damon, yo, uh, listen, they're frying. They're winning every hard problem. But like, are they putting up 25 points against you on Yemen and Black Ops 2? And he's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they'd uh, be so- rotating fucking five seconds for the hard point. Just <laughs> We got this. Uh, before we get into stage four, major four, the bracket coming up, I, I'm just curious. Um, I, I, it happened in like Vanguard, but now you've been on, you know, you've been on Optic for a couple of stages now. But this Optic versus Phase matchup, why do you feel like this roster owns it? I, I mean, because it, you know, a couple of years ago, it was all Phase. Like Optic wasn't touching 
phase in, in Cold War. Uh, we hardly got it in MW, in MW with Huntsman. They just never really competed. But then that that first major, major one in Vanguard, it, it just flipped. Like something happened, it, and it, it's carried with this team now to to now. Like, why do you think your boys play so well versus Phase? Um, I think Ann and and Brandon just step it up to a new level versus. They just love the matchup. I they just love the matchup, especially at this time. Like they're every time they play them, they're like, oh, we 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 know we're gonna take them. Like they they get hyped up because. I guess it was for three years with them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on with that, with that but um, I don't know. They they just love facing up against them. I guess they see it as like the highest level of competition, and they just they just want to be the best. So that's where it comes from for sure. Awesome. Well, it's yeah. probably like usually everyone wants to like put everything into beating optic. Like they probably it's like the one matchup where they kind of feel that way. Like we just want to yeah. shit on face those little fucks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it must be. I don't know. I was just curious. Um, stage four, you guys, uh, I mean, 5-0 and oh this stage. Um, Twisted. I mean, obviously, a, a lot of people are, are talking about your hard point, but your search is 4-1. Um, you know, we kind of talked about what we think works for your hard point. It feels like you guys are just, you're very reactive on the map now. Um, yeah, it's just all really- being on the same page, really. The teamwork is incredible. It's like, you know, you talk about, LAT at the end of Vanguard, I think that's where we're at right now, like in terms of teamwork wise. Like wow. it's 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 different. The way that they are able to play with each other compared to, to other teams right now. It's just like the teamwork, the trades, like assists, like the way that they're able to play together is 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 different right now. Yeah. Um and you're also doing it over four maps. So it's not like you have a small map pool when it comes to hardpoint. Uh, search and destroy. I feel like whenever you have Shotzi who can dash you on a team, you're going to have a strong search. You guys go four and one. I guess sort of the big thing is is maybe control. Um, for you, like, what do you think needs to change for their control, or what are you guys trying to improve on? Is it just you know taking a little bit more time with this new roster, or do you just feel like now we're kind of frying and scrims in control? It just hasn't translated yet. Um, yeah, I would say both a little bit. I think it was a mindset thing before where it was like, oh, it's, you know, we just played the hard points. We love hard points. Now it's got to go to control. But it, it really switched um, last major where we're just like, or after the major where we're like, you know, we're going to have to be a good control team. To, and if we want to contend for the championship, because like, we're not going to be able to lose every control and just win the hard points and searches all the time. Like we can't rely on that. So um, it was a mindset shift where we're like, Let's have fun with control. Let's like let's let that part of the day be like the most fun part and the most the, the part of the day. Where, yeah, where we're focusing and we're looking forward to it the most. Um, and that was a, a big thing for um, the mentality. Like we we were like, oh, we're responding to Silo. Like, oh, we love this. Like, responding to Hotel, we love this. Um, obviously, Fortress gets removed for Expo. It's like, oh, it's a new vibey map. Let's you know, let's let's see what we can do on this new map that everyone's learning. So it was a, it was a brand new refresh start for. For us on that map too so it was like um it was a newfound appreciation for control and yeah. you know we've been better at it in scrims obviously it's still translating in matches but um we really want to do well in the control obviously into this major because if we can if we can fix up the control we should be sunday every day you know or every yeah. tournament. no and i think too like if you just look at past major winners i mean this is going back to cold war like those it feels like the People who are winning, I think there's a couple of that, like teams that are excluded, like what LAG stage two last year. 
Um, I think FaZe at Major 2, uh, they didn't have, like, the best control. But besides that, it feels like whoever's winning control has, like, one or two losses throughout a Major. So, yeah, I was just curious because it feels like whoever's winning that, there's a really good chance. I I'm yeah, sure it it's... deals with the vetoes, but, like, because you're winning that swing map, it just feels like you have a really good shot at winning. No, yeah, it's the closeout potential. It's the comeback potential, the swing potential if you're 1-1, like... It's it's bigger than you know it's one map but it's bigger than a lot of people realize because it it is like right dab in the middle of the series. Awesome. Um, and I guess for you before we get into the major, I you know who do you feel is kind of your biggest competition? Um, who do you like? I, we've heard about your scrims and how well you know. There's like the scrappy clip of like he just feels like obviously on another level right now. Um, but there's got to be someone who's playing you guys tough day in and day out. Yeah, I would say I would say LAT and Seattle are probably the two biggest contenders with us. Um, okay. I still think we, you know, we should be able to win this whole thing, uh, based on you know what we're showing, and it's just if we, if we can bring it at the tournament for sure. Um, you know, I think Toronto had a bad stage, but they could, you know, it's land. They could do whatever. They just won the last land, so it, it's. 100%. Um, you know, they're up there too. It's not like they're, you know, just washed out because they had a one in four online, you know, stage. Um, they're starting a loser bracket, but they can easily make a run. So, you know, any of those teams like FaZe even, like they, you know, if they can fix their hard point, you know, that's a scary team now because, you know, now you're scary at hard point and search. And that's, that's really scary for, for contenders. Um, so that Seattle Atlanta match one, you know, is going to be insane because, you know, one of those teams yeah. is going to the loser bracket straight away. Yeah, speaking of that, let's show let's show off the bracket. Uh, stage four qualifiers wrapped up. We have major four um, starting this this Thursday. Uh, the you know all the teams will be heading up to uh, to Columbus, which would be a little bit different, right? Because the major was supposed to be in New York. Uh, it doesn't happen. So for mm -hmm. everyone maybe who missed the news, right? The New York was supposed to host the major, um, uh, didn't happen. Uh, then they pivot away. Uh, they pivot away from that. Uh, so the league or the league has to pivot, and I think we did this what at the pro am last year, right? Did you go to that the the pro am yeah. last year, JP? We won that. How, how, so, oh, true. Why well, more meant like were you present? Like were yeah, you there? Yeah. yeah. I guess how how was it for? Because it's different, right? And it's I a think different vibe for sure. Any anytime you have optic, doesn't matter if you're where you are, you're gonna have a a very strong fan base, right? You're gonna have the advantage of the crowd. Um, have you guys talked about that at all going into this this major? Um, not much. We just knew that it was going to be a different vibe. Um, I think it's 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 like it's it's weird because obviously there's no fans. So we won the event and we we're like it didn't even feel like a real event because there was you know no crowd. We didn't like celebrate or anything because it was just like right. Yeah, you're just you know, like yeah, nice. Just, we won. In front of the the main stage, quote unquote, but it's just two you know tables together. Um, <laughs> so it actually you know it did feed our hunger uh, later on in last season because it's like oh we didn't win in front of the fans. So we didn't get a real win. So like we have to win again, you know? Um, so I could see that for us, like, let's say we win this, hopefully we win this tournament, you know, that, you know, it won't be so much, Oh, we've accomplished our goal of winning an event. It's like, Oh, now we want to do it in front of the fans. You know, like it's a whole different vibe there. And it's, you know, it's cool. It goes back to the grassroots, but you know, obviously you'd love to play in front of a crowd because that's, that's where the real, you know, action is. Dude, I'm like really looking forward to it because like, you know, when we're as commentators, when we're at like the big events, like we're kind of just like hide off in the green room, like play, players are kind of in their rooms. Like, you know, if you go out around fans, usually you're, you know, talk or taking photos or signing stuff for a while. Like it's hard to like, yeah. get around sometimes. 
but like with that like the pro league or like a columbus event like i don't know it's just like all the homies are together man it's like really fun to spend a lot of time with the players everyone like that's where like a lot of these bonds and friendships start. Like I'm actually like really excited to head out and just hang out. Like I didn't have to go there. I got a cast from home and I volunteered to go. Well, we won't be near the, we won't be near the players at all. They're in a uh, different we, part of the world. Oh, uh, you know, now you just ruined my life because I was sorry, picturing you, like I was picturing like the league, dude. I was picturing like a no. old, old school. Okay, so it's gonna be in my head. They're the not time. close to the studio at all. Sorry, Clint. Um, yeah, Damn. sorry. That was like even without fans. They're like, in dude. like the Arlington part of see bus in a way like kind dude of, it's just kind like of like the, this no area that, i mean it's there's a lot there's a lot of bunch of dudes like top golf and stuff over there it's plenty but we had lit know, matches like that phase optics stage one world war ii like dude we've had some incredible like series in moments that didn't have fans like attached running through the artillery like there, there are some you could still have godlike series in moments so don't think like you have to have a crowd but now that i know the players aren't there and i can't watch them scream that makes me sad yeah <laughs> But here is uh, that bracket. Uh, I think we'll just go through the matches, uh, the first round matches, just talk about some of the losers bracket teams, and then uh, we'll hit community questions and, and head out. Um, obviously, for you guys versus Boston, uh, this is a, what, you just played them, what, yesterday? Or day two, uh, two yeah, days two, ago? two days ago. Uh, you won that one. Um, you guys played twice at the last major. They beat you guys in a game five or, yeah, game five? They beat you guys? Something yeah, like Beans that. was twisted and then not yeah, as Beans twisted. was going off. Um, I guess for you, uh, I mean, how you guys feel about this matchup? Got to be feeling pretty confident, right? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. we're we're confident for this whole tournament. I think the yeah, on a, yeah <laughs> on a different uh, we're on a different mindset right now. I love that, I, and I will say, just taking a look at this bracket, you know what you just kind of talked about. That top side's looking pretty juicy. Um, it, it's looking nice for you know. I, I think you know one of the favorites in optic. Uh, that second matchup could be interesting, but you know you have thieves phase surge kind of all down there dealing with each other um but for breach we didn't really talk about this because we didn't have the podcast last last week Clint, but i mean they have the addition of of kremp i think everyone was kind of surprised by this just because mm -hmm. vivid is a very fast player i do you think this was just a our this hasn't been working the formula hasn't been working we're trying to make a change to be on what to win right yeah yeah yeah, probably. I, and I assumed um, because Kremp had played with Beans in that uh, Boston Academy, I believe. Um, okay. So they had previous experience together. Um, but yeah, I was, I was pretty taken aback too because I, I do think Vivid brings that presence, especially in respawns, that um, not a lot of players can bring. It's quick, um, man. But I, from what Kremp has shown, I think he's a, he'll be a good player. It's, it's just like, you know, they probably have to translate you know, going from Vivid to going to Krem, then they're like two different players and you're not going to get the same type of player. It's not a one-for-one -one switch, really. You're, you're having to switch your entire like play style almost, you know? So it's like they're yeah. probably just adjusting to that. Yeah, still a, still a dangerous team. Should be a, yeah. a, a very solid uh, round one matchup between those two. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, next, we have what? New York versus Vegas. I think it's an interesting one. In I, I love this matchup. I'm this so happy for Vegas, bro. Yeah, yeah Vegas, did they did it. Uh, and I, w I just wanted to say this. This might be the first time we have a team who's 5-0, and and then we have four teams who are 4-1. and um, You know, we've talked the last couple of majors, I mean, the last couple of games, where it feels like there's maybe six to seven teams who you could argue could win. Yeah, This might be the first time in a long time where I have this at, like, four three right now 
I mean, obviously, yeah, maybe you could argue some others, but it feels like it's, it's very top-heavy right now. Yeah, I agree, but also, like, this game is so day-to-day that you, you know, you just have to have a good weekend, so um, you could say that, but then you could also have, you know, someone make a crazy loser bracket one and then upset everyone, so uh, you never know with this game, but yeah, I, I do think, yeah, you're correct with, with you know, that take. I would say that that's a, a good take to have, too. It's just, it's so streaky right now. I'm like, if yeah. Optic can maintain this hard point over the weekend, they'll win. If FaZe suddenly decide to win 50 to 60% of their hard points, they'll probably win the whole event. Like, it's just like, who can their off mode just get hot in a weekend, man? They might win it yeah, all. Exactly. Yeah, but both of these teams, four and one online, uh, the best online for New York uh, this year uh, record. Uh, Vegas finally starts in winners. And I mean, I for Vegas, I just want to say the impact that Standy has had. You know, we, we kind of yeah. talked about this roster. Um, they just weren't packing a punch. I think in the sub duo, um, you know, ultra drop, uh, you know, allow him to go. He's unrestricted free agent. And they swooped in, right? And, you know, we had Clay on the podcast and he kind of said, I, I loved playing with, you know, uh, playing with the team before. But if the opportunity arises with Standy, we just have to take that because we want to compete with the best. Yeah. And I mean, so far, so good. I, I know like their hard point was like 50%, but that's better than what it was. Uh, their control is getting better and it just feels like he has had such a high impact for them. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I like this matchup just because it's like, you know, New York just had two, you know, disappointing performances at land. So they're they're fighting for something there. And then you have Vegas first time in winner's bracket being like, you know, we have something to show too. And then, you know, if a, a like if something arises and Vegas goes to loser's bracket, you know, Toronto's right there for another, you know, rematch with Standy right. and that's going to be, you know, an absolute banger if that happens again. Well, when we had Clay on, like, he was like, I was like, well, what, what was, like, your big goal, like, with Legion, like, joining them? Like, where are you going to take him? And Joe said, like, is it just getting them to a champs? He's like, my first step's to get them to the fucking winner's bracket. And, like, <laughs> the fact that he was able to do it a couple weeks later, uh, I don't know, it's cool. It's like, he always want to root for the team that's been just asked for so long. It's, uh, yeah, it's cool It would story. be a cool story, like, if they, if they make uh, some sort of run and get points to make it to champs. I would love it, bro, this race. I love it. Oh well, I, I what they have the AC, I think right now, right? So or it's it's I pretty think darn you, close. They're super close with Minnesota. It might be top ten or something. Or something, or something? Yeah. Uh, it's one thirty one thirty, but they have the yeah. better map uh, series percentage wins, so they're currently AC. So uh, a big matchup here. But uh, yeah. I guess for you guys, who you guys got taking this one between New York and Vegas? Hmm. I'm riding Vegas, baby. Okay. Champs in Vegas, baby's going Vegas. I'll JP go Vegas for you. Too. I'll go Vegas. You're thinking too. Vegas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'll go to New York then. Screw it. I'll go to I'm New York. We'll see. storyline, honestly. I just, I just love it. Yeah, yeah he, I just think. Clay was great on the podcast. I want to root for him, dude. Uh, okay, you did well, a good job. I, I might root for him. Okay, when we talk about sort of these smaller studio events, <laughs> players have to create energy. Clay is the one guy who can do that. Right, like he can create that energy, but then New York, you guys won it last year, right? Kismet was there, Hydra was there, so there. Do you have to? to that. I watched Crowder yawn after a one v three. I don't know. I, I would say that. <laughs> and I know because of the, yeah, like you know, when you go on on the main stage with your intro, boom, the crowd's going. You're like, all right, it's time to party. Be the same shit as commentators, bro. Like, I hear it. Yeah. It starts. I'm like, woo. Yeah, yeah, but like, is this in the, when you're in a studio arena, you. I think a lot of it's just in the comms, but that's where that energy really, really thrives off of. So I'm going to be tickling your butt, dude, getting you ready to go. 
Should be a great, a great matchup. Can't wait for that. Um, up next we got LA Thieves versus Minnesota Rocker. This was another uh, re rematch. Um, that we just yeah, saw yes, yesterday. Yesterday, actually, yeah, yeah. A lot of rematches in this winners round one from this previous weekend. Um, uh, LA Thieves smoked them. Uh, yeah. This is a very strong stage from LA Thieves. Uh, four and one, and I will say, I I just want to give props to the sub duo because I think Envoys had his moments. Uh, Kenny popped off versus Rocker yesterday. Um. Okay, it feels like pubs. It feels like so. <laughs> yeah, if you know, we talked about major four this time of the year with LAT. It's just a a question of now can they put together a, a whole tournament? Because mm-hmm. this is actually like June, right? I guess is yeah. <laughs> it's actually yeah. June of uh, the old schedule, so it's like time for them to start clicking. Uh, what you guys both got these moving on this one? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I will say the one bright spot maybe for Rocker, what Camby's been playing a lot better. Uh, so hopefully he can keep that up. It feels like if if he was stuck in a rut, he he seems to be getting out of that. Vance was just in the podcast. I want to pick them, but they just got choke slammed. So okay, yeah, got choke slammed. Uh, up next, uh, these two guys have just I don't know some of the most insane series in CDL history, Probably ever. This is uh, this ever. is a toss up for me because I just want to watch this match. I just want to cast it, bro. I'm gonna fucking <laughs> what series or what day? Like, give me that match, dude. I love that shit. We've casted so many bangers. Yeah, since them. champs last year, Vanguard. I mean, this year in Raleigh, a surge in phase. Um, they also just played. Surge just smoked them three zero. Um, you know, Seattle are trying to bounce back from a couple well a disappointing major three, and. What's interesting about it is, like, I mean, Lamar is really stepping up it, it, during mm. Ramadan. Like, I, I yeah. don't know how he does it, but props to that guy. No idea. I mean, but it must be super hard, but he's frying. So whatever yeah. he's doing, he's, he's doing it pretty well. I mean, maybe I, can't go 45 seconds without drinking water, so. Well, it, it probably has, like, gotten maybe easier the longer they've been together. Like, they were young players. They're fly, flying around, challenge stuff. Like, he had to teach a lot. Like, he's probably just, like, able to play for now. What, this stage? Team, no, just, like, with this team as they've gone on over the years. Like, he probably is like, has less of a... I'd say that, uh, but they've had a really feel, disappointing couple of stages. Yeah, but I feel like he's probably able to focus more on himself now than he could a year ago. Okay. Um, in a phase... Wrong. You could be wrong. We'll never know. That's why we just do this. We'll have on the we have episode no Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to have Lamar on. He said he wants to do it. Um, FaZe, I, I mean, they get three and two. I, I think for FaZe is, I'm sure they want to play better, but I think as long as they're starting in the winner's bracket, they're probably okay with just about anything, right? Just just get us to the land tournament. Um, but three and six in Hardpoint this, this stage uh, in, in – I don't know. A really disappointing stage from Slasher. He's got like a .79 in Hardpoint. And then I, I don't even, I can't even believe I'm saying this. Simp had a .87 in Hardpoint. But like, Joe, in your career, you can probably say like there are times where like it's almost better to like have a lot of deep series and lose and learn and struggle and then get to the major versus like Optic who's just shit on everyone and you go in with like maybe a crazy amount of confidence. Like sometimes... I mean, you could win both ways, but like, I just wouldn't be surprised if Faze, like, you know, they kind of grinded through it, got the winners, and then it clicks this weekend and they fry. I, it's just, yeah, but you said good. close series, bro. They got literally choke slammed by Surge yesterday. Like, yeah, no, well, yesterday, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, there, there's a lot of game fives. Now they, you're they, playing well, the two before one. that were game fives, weren't they? 
And they uh, had like two game five yeah. round elevens and shit. Like they, they, they been, had like they've had three game fives this day. Yeah, yeah. They, like, they, they lost they game five in New York. Bro. They went to game five with Florida. They had a game five with Rocker. Mm. So it just feels like it's not always the worst thing, is what I'm saying. Like it, I don't know. We'll see yeah. if like they've learned and it applies this weekend, or if they just don't learn because they haven't learned how to play hard points this Cold War. So. Uh, JP, for you, you guys are playing these guys. You're scrimming them <laughs> once again. Well, Optic is. I mean, uh, like, how are scrims versus phase? <laughs> no, uh, not so we, much. We, I okay. mean, that was like the a narrative, but we we only scrimmed them like uh, twice since after the major, um, yeah. because we didn't play them the stage. Uh, but you know, it was just you know we we realized or we had a discussion internally. Where we were like. You know, is it going to benefit us? Like, are we, you know, it would scrimming them help them more than it would help us? And, you know, they're obviously struggling in that mode. Do we want to, like, you know, scrim them to somewhat give them sort of an advantage and or maybe show them somehow, you know? It was a really yeah. big discussion internally for Musk because it was like, you know, this is a big decision because if, if they end up, you know, doing well on Hardpoint, you know, that's be a us. scary team. You know, that's a super yeah. scary team. I think it's um, fucking wild you guys didn't play for so long. But, do do we know uh, why this hasn't happened? Like what? I, what I, I can tell you exactly why, but I'm gonna refrain from that. But yes. Okay. Okay. Because we'll, we'll just I, say I, servers. Because I was just I was just brought in and they were like, okay, we oh, just yeah. and I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but then we scrimmed after the major, and then we were like, oh wait, actually, you know what? Like, it wouldn't really benefit us right now at at the moment. Um, okay. so we were like, uh, we ended up deciding not to. So. We've only scrimmed them, I think, twice since after the major. Awesome. Well, I mean, that's a wild thing to me. <laughs> I'm out. I mean, crazy. listen, yeah, these guys, yeah, there we go. There's the phase off to rival. He still lives on. I love it. Um, <laughs> who you guys got one in this one? Oh, dude, this is like you coin flip, bro. Coin flip? Like, I, I think, I think, um, it's so hard to pick phase after the 3 0, but I feel like, you know, this is land, like, maybe Austin turns it around because he's like, Obviously, he had a disappointing stage. Maybe he was online. Maybe sound EQs got in his head. But I think once it goes to land, um, we'll see a little bit of a different phase. They're going to be in the final. It's going to be optic phase in the final. Phase will somehow be in a final. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, all right. So, uh, and then, as you kind of said, I think losers brackets, you know, there's three down there. Really, we're not surprised by right. Uh, Florida, London, and LAG. Those three teams just haven't been able to really put it together. Uh, but one team, maybe. I mean, I'm surprised by it. Is Ultra? They just won the last major. Mm -hmm. I guess for you guys, is was this a worrisome stage for me? It's not. I mean, they lost three game fives. That's to me like at least you're still competing with teams. But yeah, going one of four. We saw like. I don't know, Seattle do that type of shit for years. Uh, Thieves, like, just like a, you know, a win or a second or something, and then fall off, like, I don't know. It just happens. Probably something to do with, like, the titles uh, we've had lately, and also probably, I'm sure there's some sort of, we won this bitch. You've got some young players, you're celebrating it. Maybe yeah. the foot's off the gas a little bit, even if you don't, like, even realize it is. Um, yeah. But I'm not, like, worried about them for the rest of the year, no. Um, I'm sure it's disappointing, but I'm not worried now. No, I completely agree. I we we don't know what it is, but you know, it's back to land. Anything could happen with them. They could, you know, make a crazy loser bracket run. 
100%. Yeah, and I didn't even see this, but I, I mean, at least your respawns are still solid. They're six and three in hard point uh, throughout the stage, three and two in control. They were one and seven in search. So there's an obvious, you know, working yeah. point that they have to work on. Um, That's interesting, to, too. To after it's back. After talking to Hixie and like, you know, how much they put into like beating phase and search and like finding the gaps and like, yeah, it's just kind of wild. Then they, after that, they just. Well, what happens when you win, right? Uh, you're under yeah. the microscope. That's it. Yep. That's that's what happens when you win. Everybody's looking yep. at you. How do we counter their strats? What are they doing? Yeah. Uh, and they're going to have to make some adjustments for that. The, the the scary thing for them or the other team is, you know, Optic in, in Boston, you play the, the loser of that. Like, that's a very tough loser round one matchup right yeah. away. And I think that's where you can build momentum up and potentially i mean we've seen it now multiple teams go from losers round one to, it happens to like every finals. event it feels like yeah. nowadays bro like but it, it starts with a match like this you would have to feel yeah. like yeah no it starts with a big match like that and then you just ride the wave like you're yeah. now facing teams that you're are losing more. yeah you're you're playing more you're now facing teams that are losing or coming off a loss um or you're 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 playing twice in a day like anything can happen in in those ways where you're just you know constantly winning and then you know Next thing you know, you're in grand finals. So I think like phase or surge is like a really just big threat to be that team. It's like they have that tough matchup. One's going to losers right away. That team is making a run. Or what well, they could. Like I just think that's gonna be maybe the story. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um that's gonna do it. So uh major four starts this uh starts this Thursday. Tune in, build out your brackets. Uh it should be a, another great to win the whole thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like you ha kind of have to go Optic right now, just like and, the way everyone's kind of talking about it. Uh, in, but is that the first time you felt that way in nearly three years? Because it is for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're that, winning hard points by getting out Slade. Like, I, I don't know yeah. the last time I said that about an Optic team. Even if, like, FaZe didn't have the best, like, online leg over the past, like, couple of years, like, they were still my favorite to win because it was FaZe. You knew if they clicked, you knew what they were capable of. Like, they'd be in a final, they might win it. This is the first time where I'm like, I feel stupid not picking Optic. I feel like I have to. I just feel like I have to. I don't think I felt yeah. that way in three years. I think there's arguments for potentially, you know, an LA Thieves, a Seattle a phase. I, I think those are. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. For New sure, York has like, won a, you know an event. I mean? like, but like... yeah, the favorite right now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it's not only it's not only sort of them going five and oh, because I think Optic has had some great online, you know, splits throughout the, the years. they're doing it. But it's the way, like, even other pros are talking about it. Like, everyone just kind of knows they're playing with a, a certain swagger. And it's all JP, bro. No, it's definitely not on me. <laughs> yeah, and JP's got the gunny. JP has the gunny. It, yeah, it's I'm just like, it, it's just they, everyone else kind of knows they're a step ahead. Like, they, they understand the game right now at a very high level. But, like, the, I'm partially, like, not like worried, but like, this is the first time they've kind of. Optics been this in a long time. Like clicking, playing well, the favorite. Like clearly, I, I don't know. It's just a different mindset going in. It could be amazing, and the conference is there. They shit on everyone, or it's like, yeah, it's like those. Remember those years ago where like the online matches, solos, scump, and formal teams. They shit on everyone in the two Ks, and they go to the first event and get fucking bopped on Friday because it was like, oh, like. Sometimes just the, the confidence could be a bad thing, but that's where JP keep them level headed, keep them on the grind. 
no no doubt about it and, and you know i think this is where like someone like yossi comes in who who wants to have a he's a much better yeah. yeah and you know when you talk about a comms guy and creating energy because if there's a team that is looking forward to the crowd and really gives them the energy on stage is optic right so yeah that is like maybe like a worry for me but because always- ghosty seems to be there like i think he'll get them focused um, which we heard that lately from like like more veteran players like they're bringing in the young guy it's like just like saving everything like just their energy their desire their drive like they there's just like it solves problems bro i love it the passion yeah, yeah. you know yeah. they're not used to salary they're used to grinding yeah. up challenger wins you, you know? lazy fuck let's go like <laughs> uh before we say uh, goodbye to jp jp thank you again for uh coming on but we, we do have some community questions just a couple before we let you go um sure. this one is from armac um he wants to know how important is a game plan versus in-game adjustments. Um, so I would say the game plan is like, obviously it's all going to be in-game adjustments. The game plan is going to be like, you're going into it with some sort of plan, but it's, it's not end-all be-all. Like you can't go into a game having the plan and expecting to stick with it. You know, it could be the basis of what you want to do, but everything is all adjustments. You know, you're obviously you're expecting the team, your 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 opponent to do something, but you can't. You know, that you don't know if it's going to happen, and it probably won't happen. But you have some sort of basis that you want to build off of. Um, it's all adjustments. Like nowadays, like S and D is all mid round adjustments. Like you can break off of the strat. There's some you know break off strats where you just hit something, and it's it's you know that's the strat. But a lot of it's just, you know, playing info and working based off of that. So it's not like, you know, you can you can build off tendencies and create a game plan, but it's it's definitely not the end-all be-all. Like, the adjustment is, is where you win the game. When, when you're, you're always going to have a hard point, like, yeah, just from a cold word of this, yeah, it is very, yeah. like we talked about earlier, quite different. Yeah, when you're going up on stage, like, in between maps, are you just, are you, are you giving them like specific stats to like look out oh, for no, like things no, that you highlight? No, no. no stats, just like just tendencies, if anything. But just like more so focusing on our game, like you know, you know, make sure we're doing this. Like you know, we talked about this. Uh, you know, final little reminders, nothing too overbearing, and no, right. no stats for sure. No stats because they're not rem- remembering. Shots, you spent uh, two and a half minutes in the water. I want you to get that up to three and a half uh, in the next hydro if you can. Thank yeah, you. yeah, that that would check him. So I don't think <laughs> I would ever say that. Well, I more meant like you know, no, know. this team goes this this site seventy five percent of the time yeah, yeah. type thing. But... More more tendency based, but uh, yeah, if anything, it just something like that. Obviously, they're not bringing numbers, but it's like simple oh, little highlights here on their their breakoffs or yes. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Uh, this one is from Closed Two Three One Six. His name is Money Mo. So shout out Money Mo. Uh, he Mo. wants to know, and we kind of just talked about this. Like, what does it mean uh, when they say uh, your team has been looking very good? Does it mean they're not dropping maps or that they're learning a lot? Like, what I guess does that kind of say? I, I would assume if other pros are talking about it, he means you guys are frying. Yeah, your scrims. but we're, I mean, yeah, you could say we're frying, but it, it's like the manner in which we're winning too. Like sometimes again, it's like we're winning and getting outslayed or, you know, we're just doing things completely, you know, to what we discussed or our game plan. Like it just making that whole game of hardpoint specifically like second nature where we're, we know, you know, we know how to play it. But if we can execute it like this every single time we scrim it, it's going to become second nature when we go to a tournament and play, you know, or a match. Um, so, yeah, it, it's most likely it's mostly just, you know, 
sticking to the game plan where we're working together at all costs, pretty much. Did you see like the, you know, it, it, your stats are one thing, you know, fans saying stuff is one thing, but you're right. It's like the Pierce thing. I was talking to Joe about like the stuff that popped up yesterday with like Mellow, bro. How like uh, Paul Pierce says like the hardest person to defend, then it brought Kobe saying that. Then I was just seeing Mellow clips and I went and watched Mellow play like all, all these old games. That guy, I forgot how fucking disgusting he was. But the point is like, yeah, but it's coming from the peers, dude, and they're showing yeah. that respect. It's usually it's usually different. But dude, go watch. I like forgot he was ninth all time scoring. Like he was a fucking freak, bro. Where did well, how did you even just connect your well, mind to that? Oh, the peer, the peer thing. Gotta have like okay. the, the, the players are gassed. Then like that just kind of happened. Come with Mello. That's why it all popped up. Um, my brain's a weird place, and Mello's a wonderful place. Uh, well, maybe I'll see you in a couple of days. JP, safe travels. Thank, thank you again you. for joining us. Did thank you. you. No, this is awesome. I fucking love this. Like, this I love is you great. Too. Yeah, I love we appreciate you. you coming on, man. Thank you very much for taking the yeah, time. Thanks, we know you got to pack and travel tomorrow. Yeah, I, he's, he's an optic. Dude, I'm pack. surprised he came on here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's not like I'm traveling first class or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you have your own jet, bitch. Yeah, I have my yeah. own jet, singular jet. <laughs> that'd be that'd be something. That'd be something. Uh, Maeve, uh, take us away, brother. Uh. Thank you again. You were amazing. Joe, you were fantastic as always. Uh, my dogs are still alive and I hope that everyone goes and enjoys delicious tacos, uh, has uh, sexual intercourse with their loved one and has a great uh, evening of sleep. Farewell.